Hello, and welcome to High and Stuff, a brand new podcast about parenting, autism, and caring for caregivers. I'm your host, Nicoletta Lamarcasaco. I'm a writer, daughter, wife, and over 50 mom in a midlife process. I'm on my mama paws journey. Won't you join me? I hope you enjoy listening to High and Stuff. Disclaimer. This podcast addresses adult issues and adult topics, over 50 mental and behavioral health, my mama paws memoir where I talk about everything, issues of autism, learning differences, neurodiversity, sex, drugs, rock and roll, belonging, misfits, smart asses, and the moms like me who love them. It is not suitable for all listeners. Listeners, please use your discretion. I recently wrote an erasure poem. It's an altered version of care notes on Sonny's very frustrating journey, moving from one treatment center to another as he was misdiagnosed and mischaracterized with a variety of behavioral health issues. He moved four times in less than a year. I took a break from my doctoral studies and made 75 pages of notes and taught myself a lot of psychiatric jargon. It turns out parenting an adult with autism is well harder than it seems at the surface level. Here's Smothering, a poem with erasure of certain parts of my notes from that time. We also felt personally erased, and we're still taking needed time to process our grief from what happened. Smothering Sunny. Sunny is slowly coming out of it, a two-month psychotic episode Frantic with a hollow, gonging refrain. Mourning the hurt I feel. Nothing more I can do. He is still not okay. He would like escape. Degree just a piece of paper. Online coding, revising, novel using AI. Porn, vaping THC. Oh, mom, dismisses. Too many hats. Smothered. I lost Sonny to his cocktail, Haldol, Abilify, Depakote, Cogentin, too many hats, Adderall, Serotonin, Welbutrin, Quetiapine, Escalatopram, aka Lexapro. Going back to normal would be nice. Unjust, ISP meetings, lists, a part of my week. I wish I could help. Sonny will, behavioral supports, no solution. Too many hats. I smother him. Year. Hell. Brain MRI. Doctor's cocktail. Claims this injury is due to cannabis use disorder. What the hell is that? Short-staffed? We are short-staffed. Two parents managing. Just the two of us alone. Lives. Work. Friends? I am smothered. I lost Sonny to his cocktail. Haldol, Abilify, Depakote, Cogentin, Adderall, Serotonin, Welbutrin, Quetiapine, Escalatopram, a.k.a. Lexapro. Culprits for the brain atrophy? Doctor wouldn't admit she was wrong. Going back to normal would be nice. Excruciating weight, undisclosed, manic episodes, psychosis, broke me too. Angry mom? That's not all I am. The right place for him, support coordinator, suggest discussing further. Look all over, help, months, admits, needs to be saved from himself. ASD, treatment resistant, insomnia, non-compliant, ADHD, impulsivity, intrusive thoughts, bipolar impression, not diagnosis, not his fault, not mine. 
He isn't stupid. DDD, under no obligation to provide assistance. Manage everything. Comorbidities, overlapping services, gray area. Pain, splintered profile. Call this progress. A hundred fucking miles away. In reality, he isn't. Basic support. Months of grief. It's been my understanding. Patronizing euphemisms. Going back to normal would be nice. Email apologizing profusely. Falling short as I do every day. It's inhuman. I'm afraid we challenging needs. Dysregulating. Decompensating. Suitable staff. Apologize? Bullshit. Panic attack. Pull over while driving. Life defined. Confusion. Misunderstanding. Wish you much luck. Oh, for Pete's sake, may as well say go fuck yourselves. Neurodiverse world of IDD. Pretend no co-occurrences with behavioral mental health. My parents are sick in bed with COVID. What the hell is next? Smothered. I lost Sonny to his cocktail. Haldol, Abilify, Depakote, Cogentin, Adderall, Serotonin, Welbutrin, Quetiapine, Escalatopram, a.k.a. Lexapro. Going back to normal. I would like to stop, stop the, stop, stop the, stop, stop the, stop the smothering. Uh, and stereotypes about being alone and a sense of loneliness and belonging or not belonging. So tell me about the Schrodinger's paradox. The cat may be dead, but may be alive, and we don't know till we open the box. So what I'm asking you today is how do you feel when you're alone and when do you feel lonely? Well, I feel lonely when I want to be around other people, specifically around people that I want to be friends with or date. Mm-hmm. But I also feel not lonely. I feel very connected when I'm just alone and talking to people online. Okay, so online, what are some of the topics? Because we know that you hate small talk. Yes. So uh, what are some of the topics um, that the online forums address? Well, they talk about common interests, and I go to forums about computers, solving problems, programming, or the furry community, which is just a hobby that I really enjoy being in. It's a community of very nice, like-minded people. We play games together. We occasionally go bowling. It's fun. So tell us about the furry community, because what's interesting to me about that is having been to a con where fursonas are on full display, but personal identity is not. Right. That's a little Schrodinger-ish, too, because a person is present and well, also they're not playing, present. Well, they're playing a character that they feel creatively expresses themselves. And it's just a boatload of fun. Right. But if they have a full-on character, like a mascot, and they have like a mask that that covers their whole head like a helmet, their identity doesn't ever have to be known publicly at all. So that's part of Schrodinger, too, being in a crowd and still being anonymous. Somewhat, yeah. You can 
it, it, it emerged as part of a somewhat queer culture where you didn't necessarily have to um, make yourself known in order to find community. The community was there. All you had to do was find it, and people did find it. Before algorithms took over everyone's lives, this these websites of people, of communities where people would talk about themselves and their lives somewhat anonymously would exist and people would make themselves welcome in these so when you so when you attend a con right you'll see people that are fully embracing their persona Mm -hmm. it is part of queer culture which we know in the mainstream can sometimes be problematic which is unfortunate but it's people's attitudes and i think we covered that in the first uh episode but we could talk about it for every episode it's such a terribly broad topic yeah um so for listeners that don't know what fursona and furries is can you give an example is a furry is a fan of anthropomorphic animals anthropomorphism is a fancy way of saying an animal with human characteristics like standing up on two legs and having opposable thumbs and wearing clothes and talking on iphones so an example for just anyone listening would be a mascot. Yeah, a mascot costume for a sports team, a baseball team, like the new school narwhals. Uh-huh. So um, at the cons, were there people that embrace a persona that's similar to a mascot or even is a mascot that represents their favorite sports team? Not necessarily. It's more creative than that because it's all individualized. These are all characters that were created by the fans, not fans of a television show. There is no set canon. Just like how there is a set canon for something like Star Trek, and there is a fandom around Star Trek, and conventions around Star Trek, and all of the different shows, and interpretations, and books, and art, and media around Star Trek. Furries are much more decentralized and don't have a set canon. It's all about anthropomorphism in general, not necessarily about a specific artist or specific set of media. Disney is a huge influence. DreamWorks is a huge influence, but they are not purely what the conventions are about. It's not purely what the medium is about. It's all based on the individual artists and groups of artists. Right. So I remember going to the artist alley and noticing that, you know, you can really commission anything you want for example something simple like a a walking wolf or a walking hawk or you mentioned narwhal it could be uh elements of the unicorn or narwhal horn but with a uh you know a fish as the main creature uh that is anthropomorphic or even some other creature that doesn't have a horn at all, like a wolf. Right. Or a Dutch angel dragon or whatever. Uh-huh. A circle with a horn on it. So, or a wolf with a horn on it. So you is, can imagine anything. Is there a, an influence from video games? Like, where do people get, A, their idea of their persona, and B, even access to the group uh, of anthropomorphic uh, persons in, in queer culture? It's all imagination and the groups are everywhere on websites and platforms like DeviantArt, Amico, and 
uh, Fur Affinity and E621 being an archive of everything that's on Fur Affinity. Fur Affinity is a is the old the OG the amazing old uh, venerable website that has existed for longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of graphic novel uh, writing around this topic as well, because in the Artist Alley, I did see some examples of those um, of those uh, books. Um, and it just seems like an amazing creative force. So in, in person, so the, the Schrodinger's Paradox piece is that in person, when you go to a con, nine times out of 10, you'll see someone in their costume all the time, only at certain times, like in disco night or some of the entertainment uh, venues at night, will people actually decide to disclose their identity. But there are, are people that don't disclose their identity. I think that it's smart in today's society where there's a lot of homophobia. Uh, if the majority of furries are queer, then they certainly can be free to be in a group with each other and also possibly more free to not come out of the closet, so to speak, right in public with everyone around. Well, think of it this way. Online, someone can be a gay, queer, or a trans transgender person online and have a presence and potentially develop friends or a following and simultaneously be in a horrific environment that does not value them being alive Mm -hmm. so you're saying when someone's an adult and they live with their family and they're homophobic they have an outlet that's creative and safe in the community online whereas they remain closeted in real life. Yes. So that's really sad. It is, but that's not the majority of furry situations. It's it's a majority of minorities. Right. Gotcha. Okay. There's so, all sorts of different people that are available on the furry community. They are coming from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different different cultures it's an amazing melting pot yeah it makes me think of uh the scene at the end of um the birdcage where uh gene hackman's character is a fuddy-duddy conservative senator but then he escapes the view of the paparazzi by allowing nathan lane's character to dress him up in drag and he uh, sashays through the music and the pulsing yeah, the pulsing group uh, and makes it outside fine, which is very just such an ironic twist. So um, I did want to go ahead and address um, the paradox of being alone and feeling lonely and wishing you weren't alone versus being alone in comfort, knowing your environment is under your control and then being fine with it. So yeah. sometimes when people are alone, they're fine with that. They don't feel lonely, but sometimes the paradox comes through where you're alone and you wish you could be with other people. So can you give me some other examples besides the furry community, whether online or in person, something other than furries that you pursue that makes you feel comfortable being alone or anything that makes you uncomfortable being alone? Sometimes I'm comfortable being alone because I'm just playing games online with friends that I've made online. Uh, Other times I feel alone with my own thoughts when I'm alone with my own thoughts or doing a chore like laundry, and I don't have a podcast playing to fill in the void. 
or I'm just alone with my thoughts because I'm having a night of insomnia. Mm, that must be so difficult. I actually addressed that in my smothering poem, but not enough because I know that both you and I have struggled with insomnia. Tell me a little bit about your coping system for insomnia. I take cannabis to smoke to I take cannabis to cope with my insomnia. It makes me sleep a lot better. And I specifically use Delta 8 variants of cannabis, which isn't as strong psychiatrically. So it's a lot safer to use for that purpose. So would you be opposed since you were diagnosed with cannabis use disorder? Which is another way of saying a pothead. Right. So since you were diagnosed with that, um, would you be open to having uh, a practitioner prescribe cannabis for sleep? I am not entirely certain that I would prefer that. I would rather get it at a dispensary at my own leisure. Well, so the next question is that, you know, um, since vaping THC cartridges breaks your lease, unfortunately, that's not a good method, particularly when you're trying to go to sleep. If the rule is you can't be in the house and, you know, you break your lease, but then you walk outside, but you're trying to go to sleep, it obviously doesn't really mesh with trying to help yourself sleep. That's what gummies and pills are for. Right. So, so, so in other words, again, you know, recreational cannabis is legal. Um, Medical cannabis is also available. And we do know that the neurodiverse brain reacts and is affected by lower doses well, by lower doses of medicines, whether they be street drugs or prescribed meds. So uh, it probably would be worth exploring medical uh, marijuana as a sleep aid through mm-hmm. your mental health practitioner. Luckily, we've now found a, a mental health practitioner that is um, local and, and takes your and takes your insurance. freaking insurance. So, um, I mean, that would be something to explore because obviously if you have meds that are prescribed rather than gummies that could be, you know, one batch is stronger, one batch is milder. It's a little bit less under some choice and control of what you're putting into your body. Um, so, but, but, but okay, before discovering cannabis, which wasn't always legal mm-hmm. uh, where we live, what did you do with insomnia or what did insomnia do for you? So you suffered insomnia and just had to deal with that? Yes. Nothing that I tried worked. Gotcha. So when you're, when you said you're doing laundry and you're kind of like distracted by your thoughts, but you don't happen to be listening to a podcast like high and stuff or music uh, to distract you, would you say that you have something like intrusive thoughts that you can't get rid of? I used to, but I don't anymore. That's awesome. That's a really huge step forward. So when, you know, one of the reasons Some that, people have intrusive thoughts that go along the lines of, man, you could totally give that person a wedgie and they wouldn't even notice. Or I think they would notice. <laughs> but anyway. It would be incredibly painful. Well, I can't get behind that. I wonder if they... Uh, Tyrannosaurus ever trying to take a selfie. Oh my goodness. Okay. So it would we, be very so, funny. So we specialize in digression. We specialize in non sequitur here um, and proud of it. Um, but what I wanted to say is, you know, one of the reasons for the podcast is the things I wish I had known when you were five or 15 
when you were five, you were low verbal. You were verbal, but not as verbal as say not like, coherent. Like, well, not verbal like your sister was at five, or even at two when you were five. Um, she was more verbal than you. Uh, but at fifteen, I know you had a lot of intrusive thoughts, and yeah. at that time, I really wished I could help you, and it was really painful to me not to be able to help you not I didn't feel like it was a shortcoming as a mom because there's really nothing else I could have done however it made me feel guilty that you had the problem not that I couldn't solve the problem right it sounds like some of that has gone away would you say that it's just a matter of waiting maturing being able to you know think more clearly about things you want to think about and crowd out the intrusive thoughts or what you know can you explain that at all or do you not know the reason i don't know the reason 100 percent. however i do believe that you know maturing has definitely played a role Mm -hmm. yeah well that's that's great so basically what we're saying to you uh, moms and dads out there is if you're desperate to help your kid with something they are on the spectrum what you're going to have to do is cope and try to talk with them and wait Try to talk with them, be patient, and you will never get your answers immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I've noticed that sometimes, you know, something will happen and we might discuss it like months later. Right. I mean, you didn't find out about me being lost in New York until I think six months after the fact. Right. So you just casually mentioned it. I was like, what? oh, by the way, I was <laughs> lost in New York. Right, right. Awesome. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to make sure we um, address today is helicopter parenting. So, you know, like all cliches, there is a kernel of truth in it. Um, also, it's really annoying when you get called out because it's me. I'm being called out for being a helicopter parent, you know, I which can't, is correct. I can't help it's it. It's not wrong. Well, OK, well, I, I mean, I, you know, you know, but you know what the intention is, right? It's, yes. it's your best interest because I love you and stuff. Of course. So but tell me a little bit about being on the receiving end, because I think that a lot of our listeners may be moms and dads and sometimes they are, you know, helicoptering or attempting to help, uh, you, you know, their kid through something or to do something every day that they find difficult. Right. Well, for things like socialization, especially for kids on the spectrum, you can't exactly teach that. There's no handbook on how to be a socialite. There is no uh, way to teach something like that. So it's something that your child has to figure out on their own. And unfortunately, that means that, you know, making friends is a game without rules, without explicit boundaries, without necessarily having to know everyone by name or learning their faces and attaching names to their faces. Oh, I know that that's really difficult for you sometimes, but... It's difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I have trouble placing names to faces all, all the time, but it takes me a little bit of time to get used to a new group. Like, um, you know, when I just started grad school again, I, I had to meet a whole new group. And of course, each year we get a new cohort coming in. But um, as far as the helicopter parenting, I'm really glad that you brought up the socializing because, for example, for many years, we went to Taekwondo um, and there, you know, there was a group of people 
Obviously, there were some knuckleheads that decided to be bullies, which is terrible. Uh, but but more or less, you know, you went to class, you had a great memory for the choreography, you learned the forms and, yes. you, you know, you got your black belt um, and then you got like a double black belt or something in high school when you were 16 or something like that. Um, the thing that that relates to Helicopter Mom is like, you know, we did a lot of trial and error extracurriculars first before we discovered martial arts. Right. You I know? remember Francesca going to ballet and then... Later on, I had to join and become a ballerino. Yeah, well, you were awesome, but you did tap. Also. I did tap. You have really good rhythms. Yeah, tap. yeah. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, You're really good at it. You know, this is interesting, too. I've talked to Dad about this. Like, you can be good at something. And like, not like it. Right. Really master something and not like it and not enjoy it. Well, a lot of artists hate their work once it's made. Which is a, a paradox in and of itself. That's imposter syndrome, which we'll address in a separate episode, I think, because it's really, really important to a lot of people, not just artists. It's very pervasive. Mm -hmm. Well, so, yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure if we have an answer, if we will get an answer on how you can be really masterful at something like choreography, but dislike the activity. Both dance and taekwondo have that choreography that you were very, very good at. So you don't like doing it is it the physical exercise or was it just a memory of some people maybe not being friendly or even bullying you in either dance or taekwondo? no no okay okay good it was more so the exercise the physical moving around you I got did not exhausted like it. i was easily exhausted but right now like let's say like you know you join the y right so when you're at the gym what activity like do you listen to a podcast and Bike. I listen to a podcast and bike or walk on the treadmill. treadmill. Gotcha. Do something very slow and methodical and relaxing. Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, we love our dogs so much. And they say that to calm a hyper dog, if you train them to walk on a leash, that rhythm of literally walking side by side with you gets them in a zone. And, you know, I do believe that when I'm on the treadmill or the stationary bike listening to music or a podcast... There are zones to both of those activities and they go together. Like you're, yes. you're plotting along, you're, you're getting not your exactly, exercise. You're not exactly punishing yourself. No, but you're listening to something that has a beginning, a middle and an end. So you set up the time appropriately. You say, I'm going to run for, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes or I'm going to bike for 20 minutes. And you set the music or podcast to that amount of time. And then you the time goes by, but your body gets into a kind of zone that maybe can can help you you don't get exhausted you get tired you get exercise and then it helps you maybe calm decompress your mind yeah decompress yeah so all right cool well um is there anything else that you wanted to try to say about being alone or being lonely or into parts of groups or anything like that or should we save it for another time or i think we should save it for another time cool well that's it for us today buying stuff yes.